National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard London. Bedfordshire, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire, Cheshire, Cornwall, Cumbria, Devon, Dorset, Herefordshire, the NCCA podcast, Hertfordshire, Lincolnshire, Norfolk, Northumberland, Oxfordshire, Shropshire, Staffordshire, Suffolk, Wales National Counties, Wiltshire. We've got National Counties Cricket covered. So the time of the week again, it's uh, NCCA podcast time, Law and Logie with, I, I guess, Richard, so it's a showcase special. You had a good week? I've had a very good week, thanks, yeah, and it is a showcase special, um, but I think we can we can warn people that it won't be, a, <coughs> we won't be going a deep dive into every single game, as we'll be here till, uh, yeah, we'll be here till next week, so... <clears throat> 20 yeah, games, eh? 20 yeah, games. Yeah, 20 out. games. So a, a lot of cricket, but um, I think some really, really positive outcomes from this week. I, I travelled around a little bit on Sunday uh, and visited three of the games. Uh, had some very productive conversations with both the national counties and the first class county guys. Um, so yeah, I, I think on the whole, that all the games went really, really well. Um, I know a lot of people, as we've discussed already, put a huge amount of work into these games and that really paid off. Certainly the ones I went to were great. Um, as I said, I went to three games on Sunday and I went to a game on Tuesday as well. So it was great to see um, our players playing against the best in the country um, and a lot of them doing very, very well. So, yeah, it just it just shows... Uh, and reiterates the point that we've been making all summer and, and last year as well, that actually National Counties is a very high standard. Um, and actually that gap in between the two standards is getting smaller and smaller in a lot of places. And uh, yeah, really, really positive. Um, I think a really positive set of fixtures. And perhaps, perhaps at the end, we'll, um, we'll just chew on some of the learnings, uh, some of the immediate thoughts, because I, I guess there's lots of things that have come out of uh, your various conversations. I know you and, you and I have had a chat. Um, things to, to think about as we go forward for, for next year. Yeah, we've been planning for these for three years, but it's the first time that the whole group of 20 national counties have actually played the fixtures and hosted them, which were always the goal and, and the plan in the first place. So, yeah, I think there's been some really great case studies of what to do. Uh, there's probably things that people have learned what not to do or maybe would do differently, uh, which is going to be equally as important, if not more important. So I think there's lots of stuff that we can discuss and, and as a group get together as we do at the end of the year and review everything. But this will be this will be part of that agenda. And we can we can really share best practice to make sure that we're growing the games next year and uh, and making them even better. And you say you got to um, to some of the games. Uh, I presume you weren't in a helicopter going between Northumberland and uh, and Cornwall, were you? You were uh, you were reasonably local. Yeah, yeah. I don't like heights, so <laughs> helicopters aren't for me. Um, yeah, I went to I went in a big loop from sort of Southampton, where I'm based, to uh, Luton. Up to Oxfordshire, uh, down through Berkshire and back home. Um, and I know a couple of the other directors were around as well watching, So, uh, as well as Paul Bedford from the ECB. So I think we got a really good overview of the games um, uh, uh, that took place. So, yeah, it's, um, but it was good. It was really good. So, like I said, the games that I went to were uh, looked really good in regards to the way they were set out and the experiences of the people there. So, no, really, really positive. Good, good stuff. Okay, so uh, a big deep breath. You got a glass of water there? I have indeed, as always. <laughs> All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan.
So then, I was going to say no particular order, but it is. It's in uh, it's in apathy order. Uh, Shall we start off with the Sunday games then? And uh, Bedfordshire hosted Northamptonshire at uh, Dunstable Town. Yeah, and I'll make no apology for focusing on the national counties with all of these. So yeah, Bed's obviously played Northampton, and Northampton batted first, got three hundred and nineteen for eight off their 50 overs. Um, Alex Evans, Jack Fuller and Jamie Cronny all got a couple of wickets for Bedfordshire. Uh, they then batted and were 211 for eight, so it looked like the game had gone until um, Mr James Kettleborough uh, had different ideas. He finished up with what must be the best performance of the day, although there were some other really great performances. He scored 192 off 149 balls. Um, and I think they needed 15 off the last over, of which they they uh, they just fell obviously seven runs short, which was probably quite disappointing in the end, but a hell of an effort to get that close. Um, I mentioned to a couple of the North Ants guys, Alex Russell, uh, he got four for 66. The reason I mention him is he's a Herefordshire boy uh, and, and has obviously signed a contract this year. Freddie Heldrich and, and Safe Sabre are also playing for North Ants, who are National County boys, safe, obviously a books lad, and Freddie has played some stuff for Suffolk. So always nice as we go through to sort of recognise those players that were playing against us as well. But yeah, um, North Ants won, but Bed's put up a hell of a fight there. And, and a special mention to James Kettleborough with uh, 192, which is one hell of an effort. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, one down. Um, what about uh, the run fest that was Berkshire against Middlesex at Falkland? Indeed, one of the three games that uh, the National Counties won, which is brilliant. Uh, Middlesex batted first, 350 all out in 44.3 overs. So actually not, not batting all those overs really really cost them for this game. Uh, Josh Lincoln, two for 23. Ewan Woods, two for 40. And probably their form bowler at the moment, Mungo Russell, uh, finished with three for 63. Few of the Middlesex lads, Jack Davis, Martin Anderson, Dan O'Driscoll, Toby Greatwood, uh, Cracknell and Harris, all those boys have played uh, National Counties cricket, or either come through the system or have been playing recently. So that's fantastic to see. And then Berkshire went about chasing. I got there. Uh, I think Dan Lincoln had just got in, was about 20. Uh, the uh, Johnny, Johnny O'Connell was... Uh, maybe 50 or 60, and I was treated to an absolute barrage of boundaries. Johnny Connell, playing one of his first games this year, ended up 150 not out of 118 balls. Dan Lincoln, 123 of 65 balls, 13 fours and six sixes. And they won at a canter. <laughs> Over nine overs to spare, 354 for four. Absolutely belting game. Um and uh, and well done to, to Berkshire for that win. So uh, a hell of a result. Mm, yeah, uh, an interesting game as well. <laughs> High Wycombe then, uh, Bucks against Surrey. Indeed, and another one of our victories, which is fantastic. Surrey batted first, 268 off their, uh, well, 49.3 overs. They were bowled out as well. Uh, a really tidy performance by Bucks by the looks of it. Cam Parsons, three for 53. He's been getting wickets consistently over the last few weeks. Ed Bragg, who's had a really good season too, two for 51. And Michael Payne, two for 43. So a really solid effort from those guys to restrict Surrey to that, which uh, I think with all the outfields at the moment, uh, High Wickham's normally a really good wicket. So that's a, I think that was probably an underpar score. And um, and Bucks went about chasing it and they, they did it relatively comfortably, just six wickets down with six overs to go. Uh, AJ Woodling, um, 47. Alex Cavazzi, 67. 
and Ross Richardson, 48. So really great, <coughs> great effort by Bucks and a, and a really good win. Uh, Cambridgeshire against Essex at Saffron Walden. Yeah, and this is one of the games that w- was played last year. And actually, um, uh, Cams, Cams did really well and had Essex on the ropes, I think, and, and before it rained. Uh, and I know that Harrison Craig uh, for Cambridge, got five for not very many, including uh, one Sir Alistair Cook. Um, so yeah, Essex batted first. Um, they were bowled out in in 47 overs for 288. Um, Josh Porter, <coughs> excuse me, Josh Porter three for 52. Wayne White two for 55, and Mohammed Daniel two for 56. Um, some some uh, recognisable names on the Essex sheet as well from national counties that have played this year. Josh Rymel, Robin Das and Will Buttleman have all, all played in the national counties this year. So again, that's really great to see. Um, Cams went to chasing it, started really well. Ben Seabrook, who we know has been in good form for last season and this season, he, he top scored with 79. And Wayne White on the back of his big 170 <clears throat> recently he got 45 as well um, but they ended up a few short they were 233 for 9 off 45.2 over so I think they might have had an injury in that game as well so they didn't have uh, 10 wickets down but yeah another really good game another really good sort of um, quality showing from the national counties there by Cams Okay um, where I was and where I am now in fact Chester Bolton Hall hosted Cheshire against Warwickshire yeah, so it was a bit of rain around, wasn't there? So it was a reduced, slightly reduced game. I think 41 overs each. And, and Warwickshire um, must have batted well, to be fair. They they posted 337 for six. Is that, that, that about a good, a good analysis? They batted pretty well? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, with Dom Sibley opening the batting. Yeah. So it was good to good good experience for the Cheshire lads, no doubt. Andrew Dufty, two for 41. And Stephen Green, two for 62 were the main... Wicket takers with the ball. Um, and then Cheshire, obviously that's a pretty steep total to chase, but made a decent fist of it, getting getting up to 230. Great to see Ali, Ali Chugta back on the back of his um, maiden 100, um, backing that up with 41. Stephen Green finished off a pretty good all-round day with 45 off 37 balls. Uh, and Chris Sanders as well put a bit of impetus at the end of that innings by the looks of it with 61 off 33. So, yeah, another good showing, but uh, some really positive signs there for a few of the for a few of the young lads from Cheshire. No doubt it was a good experience playing against some uh, some pro players. Yeah, very much so. My apologies because Dom Sibley and I agreed to do an interview and it got lost somewhere in the middle of the Lionesses and the post-match kind of drinks and everything else. So, yeah, yeah. Apologies well, for me. <laughs> NCCA reviews and previews. There you go. Um, right, uh, down to Truro then, Rich. Uh, Cornwall and Somerset. Yeah, and Cornwall batted first, actually, which is it's not the, not the sort of theme generally in these fixtures, but they, they, they posted a really solid total, so certainly backed up their, their um, <coughs> decision to bat first. Um, Cornwall got 255 for eight in their 50 overs, and another great performance from the day. Um, Chris Gibson uh, scored 105, uh, which is a great effort. And I think uh, Somerset had a few, few guys playing for them. Um, ben Ben Green, I think the main one. He's obviously a Devon lad. He's come through and he's having a really, really good time of it at Somerset. So it's good to see him playing. Um, 
And then Somerset knocked those runs off, uh, 258 for three. Uh, it only took them 32 overs, so it looks like they did that relatively comfortably. But, um, yeah, special mention to Chris Gibson there with 100. It's no mean feat to get 100 against uh, a first-class county, so well done to him. And there was a there was a wicket each for uh, Paul Smith, Tom Dinnis and Ben Ellis for the Cornwall lads. But, uh, yeah, and a, a, another really good showing. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Somerset came away winners of that game. Okay, from Cornwall to Cumbria, as a jingle once said. Um, Severus School, which has suffered a little bit in the week. Lancashire have been playing uh, uh, Royal London games, haven't they, or trying to. Uh, how did they get on against Cumbria? Lancashire? Yeah, well, another rain-affected game, unfortunately, but they did get some cricket in. Uh, it was 22 overs aside. Lancashire batted first uh, and got to 186 for six. Uh, ben Walken walked them, got two for 34, and there'll be no surprises with who, who the other wicket taker was. Um, with two for 24, Matt Sedell carrying on his um, his tremendous form. Uh, Cum- Cumbria then batted and didn't quite get there. Uh, they fell just 40 runs short, uh, finishing on 142 for five. JJ Fielding 42 and Ben. Walked and 30, finishing off a pretty decent all-round day for him too. So, yeah, Langs came out on top of that um, reduced overs game. Okay. Um, down to Dorset, to lovely Wimborne, Dorset and Hampshire. Yeah, Hampshire batted first in this game. And it was actually, it was a sort of Dorset uh, versus Dorset, which was, again, great to see that people are being fed from from those local counties around Dorset into the Hampshire team. Uh, and I know a lot of them have been playing a lot of first-team cricket this year. Um, Hampshire ended up 274 for nine off their 50 overs. Um, but to mention some of those guys that are playing for Hampshire, Tom Press played a lot for Dorset this year. Toby Albert's been playing up at Berkshire. Felix Organ, obviously a pretty, pretty much a mainstay in their championship team. He's been back and played in a lot of the white ball stuff for Dorset. Uh, and Scott Curry, again, has come through that. He hasn't played this year, but obviously his brother has played a lot for Dorset and has just started very, very well for Sussex, which is great to see. Um, Ollie Brecken, who's done well in the white ball stuff, and we'll touch on him later when we get to the MVP. He took three for 55, uh, and it's great to see Rob Pack in the wickets as well. He took four for 48 uh, in that innings. And then Dorset... um, Fell a little bit short. They were 201 all out. Sam Young, who's done well all year, got 51. And Joe Eckland, who is a young guy who's on the radar, I think, of Hampshire for sure, uh, he scored 51 as well. So, yeah, quite a, uh, quite a, quite a good turnout there for, for Dorset and, and actually a really good representation of the good work that they do in feeding players up into, into the sort of uh, Hampshire system. And, and, uh, and actually, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see that. Didn't manage to divert back just quite that far, did you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, arguably then the most local of local affairs, Herefordshire against Worcestershire at East North. Yeah, and Herefordshire batted first in this game and, and got to 192. Uh, they were bowled out with just one over to go. Uh, David Ball, 38. Um, the top scorer was Barney Morgan with 45. So not a bad total, but probably quite challenging to to um, to protect or, or defend even. Um, and Worcester did manage to get there, 193 for six they ended with, uh, having won that game. James Rudge, who's been consistently getting wickets all year, took two for 36. And Zainal Hassan uh, was two for 48. It's good to see him back playing for Herefordshire. He's been doing a lot of... Um, 
travelling around, I think, playing on the second 11 circuit. So it was good to see him back playing in that game. And then obviously you've got the likes of Ben Gibbon, uh, Ed Barnard and Cashy Falley have all been in and around the National Counties stuff. So, um, yeah, good to see them sort of back playing and, and, and doing well in, in their first-class teams. Um, but, yeah, a, a decent win for Worcester, I think, in that one. And the second to, second of the games, I think, where the uh, first-class county batted, uh, sorry, elected the field. Yeah, field. yeah indeed. OK, uh, Lincoln against Durham, Rich. Yeah, on to our next one that uh, was a victory for the National Counties. Uh, and this is largely down to one lad who's been a little bit in form <clears throat> and another lad who got 100, which is great to see. So Lynx batted first and got 209 before they were bowled out. Joe Kendall was that man with 100, uh, opening the batting, carrying his bat with 101 not out to really bolster that and get it up to a defendable total. And Ben Wright, who's been um, scoring runs in white ball cricket all year, got 44 in support of Joe so 209 probably not a total that they thought they'd be able to defend but they certainly did um, they bowled Durham out for 205 which gives them a four run victory which is a great effort Curtis Free and Mark Footy to really potent opening attack for Lincolnshire this year uh, Curtis Free three for 29 and Mark Footy two for 39. I think Footy and Siddle are the, the top wicket takers in all competitions this year. So it's no surprise that he got wickets uh, and Nick Key supported them with a couple of wickets as well, finishing with two for 41. So a fantastic result for, for Lynx. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, that sort of summarises our three wins, which is, which, is a, which is a great result for those three counties and, a, and, and congratulations to those three for, for their wins. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. Uh, OK, um, halfway through. So let us move on to Norfolk, Nottinghamshire at uh, Manor Park. Yeah, unfortunately, not a lot to um, not a lot to report here, unfortunately. I think Knotts was 68 for three, if I remember rightly, before the rain came <coughs> and interrupted that fixture. So, yeah, that was... Uh, so always a bit gutting when the rain get, comes into these games. But yeah, obviously there's nothing we can do about the rain. Um, and that game was abandoned after uh, a few overs of play. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a um, disappointment for Norfolk, no doubt. But um, yeah, we can't do anything about the rain. Uh, no rain, I think, uh, up at uh, South Northumberland, where Northumberland played Yorkshire. They did. Well, I think there was a bit of rain, actually, because it turned into a 23-over game. Um, and... Yeah, I think Yorkshire probably showed their class in this game. Um, uh, nothing against Northumberland, but uh, when you've got the likes of Gary Balance playing, you know that you're up against some of the top players around. Um, they ended up with 290 for five off their 23 overs. Um, <clears throat> Matt Scott got two for 37, was the pick of the bowlers. But I think a special mention, I know we weren't going to delve into the first-class players much, but Gary Balance scored 95 off 25 balls, <laughs> which I think is a strike rate of 380 from memory looking at the, the scorecard. Um, he hit six fours and 11 sixes. So you've you got to kind of mention when somebody does that because it's, it's when someone's having a day like that, you, you tend not to want to be playing against them. But, um, yeah, that's a hell of a total to try and chase down in 23 overs. Um, and Northumberland ended up 142 for eight off their 23. Uh, Matt Brown scored 32, and Mohsen Mukhtar uh, top scored with 33 not out. So, yeah, a, a good win for Yorkshire there, but no doubt uh, a good experience for the Northumberland lads. 290 off 23 overs. Um, if they'd been 50 overs, I wonder how they would have played it. 
<laughs> that could have been the elusive 500. And it's amazing, isn't it? And not to go off topic here, but obviously I watched the England game the other day against the Netherlands when they just fell short. And I suppose if anybody playing cricket 20 years ago would have looked and said, we're going to be, we're going to be on the cusp of scoring 550 overs, you just said they're absolutely mad. But it seems that way, doesn't it? It's the way that, the way that cricket's played and no doubt some team, probably England, will get there at some stage in the, in the relatively near future. But um, yeah, what a, a pretty good, pretty good total all the same in, in 23 overs. Okay. Uh, wonderful Wormsley hosted Oxfordshire and Sussex. Yeah, and it did look wonderful, to be fair. Um, I got there for a couple of hours in the afternoon. There was a lot of people there, <clears throat> probably five or, five or 600 people by the looks of it, four, five, 600. Um, it was uh, picture perfect, as it always is, uh, and Oxfordshire uh, batted first in this game as well. Um, they're in a little bit of trouble uh, until uh, Johnny Cater came to the wicket with Ollie Clark. They put on some runs in the middle of the innings to get Oxfordshire up to the total of 205 before they were bowled out. Johnny finished on 58 and Ollie Clark 53. Um, but then Sussex uh, looked like they got those relatively easily. They had 17 overs to spare. Uh, there were five wickets down though, um, but they, they finished on 209 for five. Uh, Robbie Schumer, pick of the bowlers with two for 19. Um, and he, he really is a, a steady performer for Oxfordshire. Um, so yeah, a, a, a good game, but uh, Sussex won that one. Shifnal and Shropshire against Derbyshire. Yeah, and I, this looked like it was reduced as well. I think there was a little bit of rain around that middle part of England, wasn't there? With uh, yeah. the Derbyshire batted first, three hundred twenty-five for four off their thirty-six overs. Um, Joe Stanley was the pick of the bowlers with three for fifty-four. Uh, and then, yeah, Shropshire, obviously when you're chasing a tote like that, things can happen. You can get bowled out cheaply uh, and, and they were bowled out for 89. But must <laughs> mention must go to George Hargrove, who scored 69 of those 89 runs uh, and he did it off 67 balls as well. So, yeah, um, just didn't quite have anybody to, to stay with him or go with him on that one. But uh, like I say, when, you travel, when you're trying to chase best part of nine and over, that can happen really. Yes. Um, okay, uh, Nipersley, next, uh, one of your old uh, clubs, Staffordshire, played Leicestershire. Indeed, and again, this must have been affected by the similar rain that was at, uh, at Shropshire, but 29 overs apiece, uh, Staffordshire batted obviously really well, uh, got up to a, pretty much a runner ball, 179 for seven, uh, Alex Meller, uh, 33, um, he top scored, and then there were five of the other staff lads that all got into the 20s. Um, but nobody really went on and, and got that slightly bigger score to get that of maybe over 200, which would have been maybe slightly more competitive. Having said that, Leicester um, didn't didn't cruise to victory. Uh, I think at one stage it looked that way, but Staffs managed to get a few wickets um, and Leicester finished on 181 for six with just an over and a bit to go. So not as comfortable uh, there as it may have been. Uh, it was good to see Louis Kimber playing for Leicester. Obviously, he's got some connections with Lincolnshire. Um, and Jack Redman and Jamie Cox uh, both took wickets there. Redman three for 29, and James Cox two for 31. So yeah, a good game with good game with staffs, and uh, one that was uh, again unfortunately a little bit affected by rain, but still like a, a really good game. I can confirm there was no rain at this one. I saw some wonderful pictures of Woolpit uh, Ips in uh, Ipswich, um, Suffolk against Kent, Rich. Yeah, and they were treated to over 700 runs, uh, if my quick maths is, uh, 
it, it is correct. But yeah, um, it, it did look like a hell of a hell of an event, really. Um, there are lots of people there. This has probably got the highest um, highest attendance of the day alongside the, the Cheltenham Festival one. Uh, I think there were about a thousand people at the game, so that's a that's a fantastic turnout. And they were they they were treated to some really good cricket. Kent um, batted first and batted their fifty overs. Ended up four hundred and thirty one for seven. Um, Tom Rash two for eighty two and Luke Froggart two for sixty eight with a pick of the bowlers for Suffolk. Um, and then Suffolk made a really good fist of chasing those down. Okay, they ran they they still came a hundred odd runs short, but getting two hundred ninety one for five. <clears throat> is still a hell of an effort, um, especially with an opening partnership of 134 between Jack Beaumont, who got 64, and Darren Batch, who scored 72. So I think there'd have been some nervous uh, Kent supporters knocking around with 134 for none. Uh, Darren Ironside also got 53. I think he ended up 53 not out of 42 balls down the order a little bit. Um, but yeah, a really great game of cricket for all those supporters to see, uh, and well done for to Walpert and Suffolk for putting on a on a, on a really good event. Um, mm. But yeah, I think that's a really solid game of cricket there. Okay, nearly there on the Sunday games. Two to go. Uh, both games switched venues and, and out uh, to the first class venue. First off, Wales National Counties took on Glamorgan at Sapphire Gardens in Cardiff. Yeah, they did, and Glamorgan batted first and scored three hundred and thirty-one for seven. Um, Richie Edwards, solid performer for Wales all throughout the year. Uh, he took two for 63 and Ben Morris, uh, two for 53. <clears throat> Wales went about chasing it down and their opener, Tom Bevan, who's played a lot for Glamorgan this year and I believe is in the Royal London team himself uh, for these fixtures this week. Um, he scored 80 off 61 balls, so a, a timely reminder to Glamorgan of what they're going to get. Um he scored seven, uh, he had seven fours and five sixes in that uh, 61 ball 80, which is a good effort. Uh, ben Calloway uh, and Sam Jardine both scored 39 to support Tom. But yeah, they fell um, again over 100 runs short, but still a good effort. Um, uh, Wales are 198. So a win for Glamorgan, but some really good performances within that Wales team in that one. And then the wonderful Cheltenham Festival hosted uh, Wiltshire and Gloucestershire. Yeah, and having spoken to some of the Wiltshire guys, uh, they they really, really loved this and, and playing out. And I think when we talked about the games, obviously <clears throat> Wales National County and Glamorgan are very tightly, um, well, obviously geographically, but everything else that they do is very, very joined up. So playing at Sophia Gardens kind of made sense. Um, and Gloucester, when they offered Wiltshire to play at the Cheltenham Festival, because it's not going to a big stadium, I think this is also, and I know that they had a number of different agreements that made it sort of worthwhile for both counties. Um, so a uh, big thanks for Gloucestershire for, for inviting Wiltshire there, because I know that um, all the players had a fantastic time. Um, Gloucestershire batted first and scored 367. Um, and... Uh, Joe King was the, was the leading bowler for Wiltshire. A really strong effort, four for sixty six, in that. Uh, and then Wiltshire, they fell they fell a little bit short. Um, One hundred and seventy one all out. Uh, and Ollie Meadows was the top scorer there with forty eight. But um, I think all in all, a really positive experience had. Again, as I mentioned earlier, there was a thousand people there plus, and um, that's a really great experience for those Wiltshire guys to to take part in that. The National Counties Cricket Association podcast. So on Sunday, then, all 18 first-class counties played. Uh, of course, there are 20 national counties, so there were, t- were two games on Tuesday. There was, yeah. Uh, Devon hosted Somerset. 
at Bovey Tracy um, and Devon batted first as well. Another another one of the National Counties batting first. They were bowled out for 181 in 46 overs. James Haller top scored with 83. Um, and then Somerset went about chasing them. Uh, they looked like they got there relatively comfortably. They had 12, 12 or so overs to go. Uh, they'd lost four wickets, of which two of them had been taken by Kaz Samansky, who finished with two for 48. But um, yeah, still still a decent um Still a decent game there and a decent effort by the Devon guys. And I think it was a pretty uh, successful day at Bovey Tracy as well. Okay. Uh, and finally, <laughs> finally, 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 at uh, West Hertfordshire, uh, Hertfordshire took on Middlesex. They did. And I, this is one of the games that I went to on the Tuesday. And um, it was a bit difficult for me to get up to West Hearts and then down to Bovey Tracy. I, I probably would have needed a helicopter. Mm. Um, but a big shout out to the to Hearts and what they'd done at the game. They had all the boundary boards around there. It looked fantastic the way it was set out. Um, Middlesex had a had a really strong team out, um, and it was a it looked like a really good game. It was a very very good wicket. Um, I watched uh, the young Alex Gosling open the bowling, and he pulled with some gas. Um, it certainly made me glad that I don't play anymore. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and it was a very quick outfield, but it was really really well set up. Um, and Middlesex batted first and scored 392 uh, in their 50 overs, eight down. Tanvir Sikander uh, took three for 48. Jamie Southgate, two for 80. And Kish Vellani, two for 79, with a wicket takers in that innings. And then Hearts ended up with 218 uh, before they were bowled out. James Latham scored 42. And, and Tanvir Sikander finished off a really good all-round day with 63 as well. So, yeah, a, a pretty solid game there. But, um, yeah, well done to Hearts for putting on a really good game there. So, uh, Rich, there we go. Um, 18 first-class counties, 20 national counties, lots of showcase cricket, three years in the making, all sorts of things, contrived tosses, small crowds, big crowds, lots going on. What are your thoughts? There must be a kind of uh, lots of stuff going around your head at the moment. Yeah, I think on the whole, uh, all in all, uh, it was a really it was a really positive weekend slash week as well. Um, I think that we've learned a lot. I think each of the indiv- individual counties would have learned a lot from hosting those games. Um, I had some really positive conversations as I went around the counties, speaking to obviously the national counties, but I speak to them all the time. It was nice to speak to the first class guys and there was a few people that um, I knew that I spoke to. I spoke to Ben Smith and Graham White uh, at length at the North Ants Beds game. Uh, and we talked about what we're trying to do in the national counties and our vision and, and, and the pathway and everything else. And they were massively receptive to that. And they were really excited in the in some of the things that we're doing and, and actually really realised that our, our player pool is is something that they, they need to look at. And actually not just their geographically located uh, national counties, i.e. beds with North Ants, but actually there's, there's 20 national counties. So building relationships with all the first-class counties for all the national counties, I think is incredibly important and something that we'll, we're, we've already started trying to do. And I think the showcase games are a really good vehicle to enhance that. So I think playing these fixtures against different counties next year, I think would help. So we get to play and talk to different, uh, different counties. But I think that's just one side of it. Um, I think putting the games on, um, we've always talked about the sort of three objectives, haven't we? Showcasing the talent we've got, generating some revenue and then bringing sort of cricket 
into the national counties and and sort of driving awareness for what we do so i think that we we did that across the board for sure um and i think i think having a focus of not one of those things but maybe two or th- or all three of them in some regard i think we'll have some really great case studies from this year of people that did things really really well to be able to share that and, and create a template or certainly a, a a few ideas that we can deliver at those games that aren't massively onerous because we know we have lots of volunteers who are incredibly busy already, but a way in which we can share those ideas and we can actually put out some really good quality games at some really attractive, um, well-run and good wicket uh, grounds with really good wickets. So I think there's there's lots of stuff that we can we can take from this year in a positive vein and learn from to make these games better and bigger next year. Um, our goal has always been to try and get back into the Royal London competition. I think we're a little way away from that, not from anything that we're doing necessarily, but the fact that I don't think the structure of the season next year has been confirmed and what that looks like. So as soon as we have a better idea of that, we can try and work out how we could, as a team or as a representative team or as a group, or a smaller selection of our teams could play in that because ultimately those kind of games, when they've got something on them, um, are obviously going to attract more people uh, and attract plus points for all those three objectives that we've already discussed so I think um, for me on the whole it was a it was a really positive weekend um, uh, and hopefully everybody enjoyed it Um, than being on a Sunday I'm on the fence about that now to be honest having had it um, and it'll be great to get the feeling and the views of all the national counties about what their thoughts are on there obviously there's a few things that work in that in, in your favor being on a Sunday and there's a few things that work in our favor potentially for being in the midweek but yeah it's um I, I think taking that out of the equation looking back it just shows some of the performances that we've had from the national county players this week have been exceptional so um we, we I know we've talked a lot about it on the podcast but we talked previously about the 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 pathway up and and actually we need to ensure that 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 pathway when people make the step up they're actually staying up there and they're performing really well Uh, and I think hopefully this will give players confidence that actually it's not that big a step Um, they've already they've already performed against the first class counties so actually when they get an opportunity whether that be in a second 11 or even in a first first team game then they're prepared for it and obviously that's all the work we're doing around that pathway is, is contributing to that. So, yeah, for, for me, it was a it was a really positive experience. I suppose you were on the other end of the this stick, and you had a foot in each camp with your Cheshire hat on and your Chester hat on. So, how how do you kind of reflect on your game and your experience? Uh, hard work, no doubt about that, from a from a club perspective. Um, also, uh, you know, geography-wise, uh, Warwickshire, Cheshire, Cheshire have no particular affinity, but then, hey, the county champions came to town, so that was the draw. I think your Sunday um, issue uh, is a difficult one because um, all around the country there were various competitions. You know, down the road from, from our game, there was a, a high-flying national quarter-final match, which would have, would have affected it, but you're never going to manage that you know, with, with all, the, all, all the games that you, you have going around. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think it would be interesting to now we've experienced one year of it to uh, for the counties to re- really kind of share share thoughts and ideas. Um, you know, how do you manage a club membership, for example, in terms of paying to come in? Um, 
that's that, that, that's one issue that, that, that everybody faces. And from the conversations I've had around the country, I think different clubs do it in different ways. Um, Woolpit obviously um, had a, a, a magnificent day. Um, with lots of people there, a thousand plus people there. Um, there were about, two, I guess, two fifty, three hundred people at, uh, at Chester for the for the Warwickshire game. Uh, so I think we could kind of pull those learnings um, and just kind of pick opinions. Um, the real thing for me, though, Rich, was was what you were just talking about the pathway piece, um, the step up. I mean, I think I think there were genuinely some players I saw quite su- surprised at the con- the constant threat of, of of high performance. So in other words, uh, when you're playing national counties cricket, sometimes you can have a bit of a breather because the bowler comes on and uh, perhaps not quite the standard of the, the, the guy before. It's constant in first-class cricket, you know, it's it's a higher level. There is a step up there. There's no doubt about it. And you know, some of the some players cope better than others. Uh, but what an eye-opener. Yeah, and I think on that point as well, there's been whisperings of of, player, of the counties not being at their strongest. Well, we know that because we've got the 100 taking, like we've got the biggest competition in the country taking place at the moment. So put, players are pulled out of that. However... If you look at the Royal London 50 over competition that's took place this week and will continue to take place over the next few weeks, the players that played in our games are playing in that competition. Okay, it might not be their stars, but they're not playing in the competition because they're in the 100. So actually, the teams that we played against, they're not second 11s, and let's not be disrespectful when we say that. They're, they're professional cricketers, all of them. So they're, they've, they've earned their stripes as... Uh, pro cricketers in this country and even if they've played some second 11 cricket this year then so what they're playing in the Royal London competition we're testing ourselves against the best players we can do at that particular point okay we might not have the big stars coming but that's just the way it is because of the 100 what that on the flip side gives us is a great opportunity for our players and our teams to create one some upsets as we've done I don't like calling them upsets actually they're just wins yeah so we've had three wins and we've had some really good performances. And what that will open up the door to in the next few weeks is our players that are performing well, they'll get picked up and they'll be playing in that 50 overcome. So we need to ensure that we, we're just mindful of that when we talk about it because we're playing against the, the, the best teams. Okay, we'd love to have a Johnny Bairstow come down and play against us, but that's just the situation of the structure of the season. That's not going to happen. So... What we need to do is we need to make sure that one, we're Martin, that we're playing against the first team, the first class first team, which it is, and that's been shown by the the, the fifty over games that have taken place since. And actually, let's like, let's take advantage of the fact that let's show how close we are to that that standard, and mm. and let's win some of the games as we did, um, which is great. So I think there's lots of Again, there's lots of positives to be taken from that, but I think having our mindset of oh, it's a second team or this or that, I, we need to. That's that's not that's not, well. It's just simply not the case. Factually, not the case. So we need to ensure that we're not we're not um, we're not driving that narrative either, because it's that's for me that's not helpful for anything. Um, we have respect for the team that comes. They're all professional cricketers. We do as well as we can against them. If we can win, fantastic. If individuals can put in great performances, brilliant. Uh, and I think that's as that's as complicate, complex as we need to make it. And I guess if you're if you're a first class county, you're in the mindset. Going back to what Graham Swan was saying in our very first you know, podcast about playing at uh, at Outgrounds, if you like, 
you know, you're, you're in that bubble whereby you go to the next ground, you go to the next ground. So Warwickshire at Chester on, on, on the Sunday, they were at Cheltenham playing in the, in the uh, Royal London on the Tuesday. And it's just kind of, it's another game. But regardless, you treat it the same way, you treat it respectfully. So there's no doubt about it from what you've been saying, um, certainly in my experience too, of uh, uh, treating the games with the utmost respect. And it's another game and it's particularly important because you've got a big competition around the corner. 100%. So people are using these games to prepare and some of them will be using it to fight for their place as well because no doubt there's some people within those counties that are fighting for that first team place. So the, the, and from who, the, the guys that I spoke to, whether they were at Middlesex or whether they were um, at Northampton or, or Sussex, they all really enjoy going. Like, Sussex are playing at Wormsley. Like, when you're a cricketer, you're going to enjoy playing at Wormsley, whether you play at Lords every week or the Oval. Whenever you go there, you're going to enjoy playing, it, playing there as they all did and as all the, the North Ants enjoyed going to Dunstable to play against them because no doubt some of them have got affiliation with, oh, I know Rob Keogh, for example, his dad's the president at Dunstable. So there's all these personal connections that people don't understand and don't know necessarily it, that actually people love going back and, and playing in it. And I said it, Swanee said it on the very first one, that actually the games are really good and enjoyable and you like going back and playing at the grounds that you used to play at when you were a kid. Um, and, and some of them go back and play there regularly anyway, the Granthams and, and, the, and the Sedbers and everything else. So, yeah, there's, for me, there's only positive things to come out of it from that kind of perspective. And we've really got to focus on those and make sure that the, the thought of us, oh, it's a second team, is we just got to get rid of that because, one, it's not true, and two, the professional cricketers at the end of the day. So um, it's, that's what their job is, and they're the best in the country, and, and, and that should be enough for us to go, yeah, absolutely, that's the challenge we want to accept. And if we can win, fantastic. If we can do individually really well, brilliant. So lots of social media coverage, of course. Um, saw some great photographs um, from across the place. You'll collate some of those, presumably, if any of you've got any thoughts, views, opinions, whatever. Um, your website's there, your contact point's there, isn't it? So I guess you'd love to hear from everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, quite, it's quite an interesting topic, isn't it? So, yeah, if people have got thoughts, it'd be great to, to hear those and we can kind of discuss them more next week. Um, we've, we've, as we'll get on to in a second, we've got the semi-final weekend this week, so there are only a couple of games. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to kind of carry on this discussion next week to get um, people's opinions in. So, yeah, the, all the stuff's on the website and how to get in contact with us. Um, and, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to hear from a few people. The National Counties Cricket Association want to hear from you. We're running podcasts throughout the season aiming to bring you all the news from across the counties, previewing and reviewing games and talking to key contributors from on and off the field. And of course, we want to hear from you. Tell us what's happening, give us your views on anything NCCA and be our eyes and ears across the country. Anything you want to hear? Anybody we should be speaking to? Keep up to date with what's happening at nationalcountiesca.co.uk and email us at info at nationalcountiesca.co.uk. Terrific. Right, well done. You've, uh, you've crossed the first hurdle. Have a sip of water. <laughs> we'll talk about the, uh, the knockout trophy semi-finals. Indeed. So that starts this weekend. We've got two, two games, two of the semis. Um, at Finch Hampstead, Berkshire are hosting Dorset. Um, and at Greater Little Chew, um, Oxfordshire are hosting Cumbria. So, uh, like we said, I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I think on the whole, generally, form-wise, 
we're not a million miles away from the four four best no. teams. However, we probably would have said that if the other four would have won. But I think generally we've got the two finalists from last year in there. Um, we've then got Oxford, who are T20 reigning champions, three-day champions, and we've got Dorset, who got to the T20 finals. So all in all, I think we've got we have got four of the top one um, white ball teams in that. So it bodes some really great cricket. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly have my. Uh, driving gloves on again at the weekend and I'll be going between the two venues to make sure I can uh, take in both of those games. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. And the winners will play at Wormsley in three weeks time. Yeah. 28th, um, Sunday the 28th at Wormsley. All those tickets are still available. Um, obviously we'll know the finalists on Monday, so it'll be slightly easier to maybe target who we're going after with regards to fans and supporters but yeah obviously tickets are available everything else uh, there's links on the website to the event uh, page where you can buy those we have sold a few already which is brilliant um, but hopefully we'll get a good influx now over the next three three and a half weeks as we lead up to that to make it a really good um, sort of celebration of the one day season and a, and a really good spectacle for whichever two teams get there I was really hoping it would be you know Cumbria away then I'd love to see you try and get between there both of those games there, but Finch Hampstead to Little Chew is not far, is it? No, it's not. It's not. I actually haven't put it into Google Maps yet, but I, it, it's it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be too far. I don't think so. Well, I've, I've been to Little Great Little Chew once, and I, I think I went around in circles a little bit. So good luck with that one. That's a fantastic place when you find it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard that. I'm looking forward to going there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going there. So, um. I've picked out a few ones to watch on those fixtures, actually, uh, and there'll be a lot of similar sort of um, names that we recognise from the stuff that we've spoken about in, in, in previous podcasts throughout the year. But yeah, for Berkshire, <clears throat> I think Dan Lincoln is definitely one to watch. Uh, the, the captain, and he's just come off the back of 120 off not many balls, but also uh, has done really well in the white ball stuff to date. Uh, I mentioned him earlier as well. Their bowler, Mungo Russell, seems to be in form, uh, kind of took the game away in the quarterfinal um, with a, with three three wickets sort of in that middle middle spell. Um, so for me, those two, there'll, there'll be a number of other people, no doubt, on that Berkshire side who, who can win the game for them. But I think those are the two that I've picked out. Um, in their opposite uh, corner with Dorset, uh, Sam Young is my one with the bat to watch. And on the back of his four for last weekend, Rob Pack is my pick with a ball. Having said that, I must mention Ollie Brecken, but I'll come on to him again in a minute. He's he's obviously doing really well with the white ball. So, but yeah, uh, I do like Rob, so he's my one to watch with a ball. And then across the M40, is it whatever road is it down there? Um, Oxfordshire, my ones to watch. Um, top of the MVP, captain, the man to get you out of trouble if you're ever in it. Uh, Johnny Cater with a bat, obviously is their glove man as well. And then uh, Max Mannering is the one with the ball. Um, if he plays, actually, because I know he's not played that much one-day stuff. But um, he's obviously done very well recently. And then Cumbria, um, a guy, we spoke about him more last year, um, but he's just come off the back of uh, a massive 100, of which I watched actually firsthand uh, at Chesham. Sam Dutton's my one to watch with the bat for Cumbria. Uh, yeah, and no surprises, who's, who's my one to watch with the ball? Uh, Matt Siddle. Uh, obviously, he's got 34 wickets, I think, in three games in the Championship. I know it's a different game, but he did back that up with a couple of wickets this week um, against Lancashire. So, he's my one to watch with the ball. Both games we'll be able to watch highlights of, won't we, on uh, 
on streaming services. So look forward to that this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all the stuff will be there. And then uh, I suppose it's just to finish off with uh, a look at the MVP and how that stands. The NCCA Most Valuable Player here on the pod. So as we've mentioned, Johnny Cater is at the top of the MVP standings. He's alongside Tom Keast on 30 points. However, Tom is not playing this weekend, so uh, pretty much as long as Johnny gets on the pitch, he'll take over from Tom. Ollie Brecken in second place for Dorset. He's on 28 points, so just behind Johnny. And then in third place, we've got Ben Wright on 26, but he's out of it because he's not playing. Ewan Woods, though, for Berkshire, will be playing. He's on 26 points, so he could make a late run, as his teammate Andy Rishton did last year. So we'll see how that all turns out uh, after the semi. Obviously, we've got one more game after that, but um, yeah, good opportunity to get some more points. OK, well, you've uh, worked your hard this week, no doubt about that. You're allowed some time off now, sir. Um, we go back into three-day good stuff, don't we? Uh, next weekend, but as uh, you say, two cracking semi-finals lined up this weekend. That's just, I think, that's just done. That is as done. So yeah, we'll we'll cover the semis next week, and then obviously pre have a preview of the getting back into the three-day stuff, and obviously we can cover off any points that have been raised um, about the showcase games because, like we said, we'd love to hear from people yeah. about their uh, that and their thoughts on that. But um, Email address, Rich? Uh, info at nationalcountiesca.co.uk. You had to think about that, didn't you? You did have to think about that. I need to get my personal email out. I not want to do that. <laughs> but no, all good. All right. <laughs> Have a good week, then. We'll see you next week. You too, mate. From Northumberland to Norfolk, Cumbria to Cornwall, we've got National Counties cricket covered.